This is Nobody Dances here, the radio podcast based on the blog at www.nobodydanceshere.com. And of course, we have my lovely, talented, gorgeous, and sexy diva co-host, Nicole Briggs of Shrink Boutique. Hello, hello. And today's topic, we are talking about Black History Month. Not month, with a T-H, M-U-N-T, month. Month. Black History Month. To make it extra black. Extra Ebonics for you. Right. So, uh... (laughs) (laughs) The reason why we're doing a Black History Month show is because last year when we did a Black History Month show, it was so offensive that... I was like, let's recreate the magic this year. Yeah, and offensive is what we're all about. So, like, right. let's just keep like, the tradition going. I have a black co-host now, so we both were just like, let's do it. Let's just do it. So, did you say let's juke or let's let's? Do I was it? about to say let's juke, <laughs> but we'll get back. We'll to get that back to that. We'll get back. We'll, we'll get back to that. But uh, if you're listening live, which uh, I don't know if you are, <laughs> uh, you can call us live at the studio at 312-345-3805. If you are listening to this on, you know, iTunes, you know, because the, the podcast is available on iTunes, just so search for Nobody Dances here. But if you are listening to this and it's not Saturday and you do want to listen to us live, we air the show or we record the show every Saturday at 645-ish. Ish. If there's not a problem, but in honor of Black History Month, we're on CP time. CP, we started an hour late, and and <laughs> and for those of you that don't know, that's colored people's time. And yes, you are colored. I'm sorry to tell you, you're colored. Right. So, um, yeah, but we'll we'll try to do better. We'll try to do better. But um, yeah, uh, we have some news topics to discuss before we get yeah, into let's talk about what's been going on this week what's going on yeah so apparently lady gaga performed half naked at the brit music awards lady gaga is you know she is in our news topics every week she is the news of the week every week lately really yes well you know especially since um alexander mcqueen passed we talked about that last week um yeah. she was his muse and she did a homage to him at the brit um music awards but she she was wearing very little clothing. Really? But I mean, it was McQueen, so that's well, what matters. It was like her butt cheek, her left butt cheek was exposed, and then she had on pants on the other leg. Yeah, and then the front, it was like almost like pasties, even though it was like the sheer cat suit. And it was all white. Like, I didn't really get it. It was kind of like, eh, I'll turn the page. Well, instead of wearing all black, I guess she's trying to do the, the Chinese funeral thing and wear all white and honor his life, not his death. You know, that's so what's yeah. going on now. You're it's honoring like a, people's lives. It's like a jazz funeral in New Orleans. They like, exactly. They like clap and they sing and they dance. And right, right. I know that because my first uh, college play, I played a voodoo priest in a reinterpretation of a Shakespearean play so of course you did Clinton yes uh in other news uh Maria Pinto went out of business oh my god so for those of you who don't know Maria Pinto is a local Chicago celebrity who designs for the likes of Michelle Obama and Oprah and when I say design I mean like she's constantly putting clothes on Michelle Obama's back yeah, and I mean, I guess they're really cool as well. I mean, if you remember that turquoise dress that Michelle Obama wore during the Democratic National Convention, that was a Maria Pinto, and it's just too bad. 
I, I, I think it's horrible. I don't understand, but she she has to file bankruptcy. I think this is the second time she filed bankruptcy, too. I mean, yeah, she had a business the first, before. And, and it went out, and then this was her second time. And, you know, she's won X amount of awards. I mean, she even got she got flown to the White House to participate in the inauguration. Like, she was a special guest of Michelle Obama. I know. I just... I think it was the location. I mean, she was in, like, the restaurant district in the West Loop. And right. I mean, it's not really good walking traffic. I mean, at the end of the day, your boutique has to have walking traffic, right? Yeah, you have to be in a, a city that supports you. And sh- unfortunately, Chicago's not that supportive of a. I mean, the scarves were like five hundred dollars just for a right. scarf with a bunch of feathers. But we on do it. have, uh, and I should have said this earlier, but we have two special guests with us to discuss their blackness and their artistic abilities. In we the have, honor of the Black History Month. <laughs> we have uh, Poet Energy, who's been on the show quite a few times, actually. She actually called, prank called me on my, like, fourth show being racist, and uh, you have to listen to that podcast. That was really And funny. then uh, my good friend Isaac King, who actually became uh, friends with on Twitter, and then we actually met in person on the CTA, which was really weird, because we're like... You look just like your profile picture. Yeah, so. he's doing some exciting things. We're going to chit-chat about that right. coming up. Yeah, but Maria Pinto, RIP. It was so oh sad. My, I, I actually met her once, and she was. I asked her, uh, so was Michelle Obama really cold during the inauguration? Because she had on that like lime green mm-hmm. jacket number. She was mm-hmm. like, yeah, she was freezing. Wow. She complained about it like the entire time she told me, but wow. It's just weird that you, your career can be at the top and you can still. Well, her career isn't over. It's just the way that she handled her boutique. She's closing the doors on her boutique, but I have a feeling that She'll her design back. career is not over. She'll probably continue to make dresses. And that's maybe that's what she should do. It's just custom yeah. work for people who can afford it, like Michelle Obama. Right. Um,. A discovery that me and Nicole realized. It's very important. Very important. This is so important that we're going to have to turn the mic down. So, we were looking at videos on YouTube. Yes, we were. And we were obsessing over, I think we were obsessing over Mariah Carey or something. And we were like, oh, let's look at some, you know, halftime shows or something like that. And then we were looking at the dancers and we realized that Beyonce dances like a majorette. She really a, a college HBCU majorette. Yes, a historic black college majorette. She dances just like the I'm just like, how does she get that famous just for dancing like a majorette? People are just followers. Anyway. On to the next one. On to the next Pun one. Pun intended. Yeah, really. Uh and uh and other news. <laughs> which <laughs> we'll, okay, we'll save these next two for Towards the end, because we, we need to stay on top. We always like go off topic with the news. And digress, but, uh, and, but you guys love when we digress. You love that. I don't know if they do. <laughs> Spirit Airlines kicked a man and a pregnant woman a woman off. Well, it was his wife off for. He, I guess he was asking for too much water before they took off. Yeah, so she wanted off. a glass of water. His wife was pregnant. He's like, "Can my wife have a glass of water? She's pregnant." They were like, "No, no, no." They kept like asking and then after a couple of times they say I'm sorry sir we do not give water before takeoff kindly leave you and your your wife that's sick with baby <laughs> that is wait were they black do we know that no because then it would be more were... relevant to the topic no they were Caucasian because then we could have like a sit-in but black people are pregnant a lot yeah that is the relevance right 
and Tiger Woods isn't helping the situation. What was up with his apology? Who is he apologizing to? Apologize to yourself. He ain't apologizing to me. He did nothing to me. Oh, I I want to apologize to all my fans who have let down for my behavior. My behavior this, my behavior that. I am so sorry. She did not hit me at any point during our relationship. Whatever. What behavior? That's what I kept saying. I was like, you're not confessing to anything. Okay, let me get this straight. A professional athlete cheated on his wife and had a bunch of groupies. Hmm. Hmm. And he happens to be black. Hmm. Yeah, uh, no. I remember being... Wait, I think it was in the fifth grade. So we're going to have the entire NBA and NFL apologize as well? No. We all, as a group, group, apologize. I remember... No, 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 no. I remember when Tiger Woods was Kablazian. Yeah, he wasn't black at all. How about that? Yeah. He wasn't black at all. Quinta will never forget. I was like, Mom, what's Kablazian? She was like, it's when you're ashamed of being black. Yeah. (laughs) That's what that means. Yeah. He's ashamed and proud. (laughs) <laughs> Say it loud. You're ashamed and you're proud. <laughs> Speaking of being ashamed, uh, why did you send me that Gary tape? Wow. Oh, I have to play this. I'm, oh, I sh- should I play it now? No. Since you brought it up? No. <laughs> oh, we'll play it later. Yeah, but later. Why are you always bringing stuff up out of order? We have a list of things. All right. <laughs> so how about I was chilling in my little studio apartment in the loop, downtown Chicago, Attempting to get some work done, and I wanted to put some Netflix on. Gotta love that Netflix. I'm addicted as well. That bad boy was shut down. I didn't hear about this. Yes. I didn't hear I thought my this. computer was acting up, because Netflix, it, Google can go out, Twitter can go out, but Netflix is always there when I need it. There was one point I thought I could get Netflix on my phone. He's your best friend. Netflix and I go way back. Like peanut butter and jelly. Like all the way back. Keeps all your when movies in order. You, you ain't got to like, I felt like somebody in my family died when I tried to go in there. It was like error. I was like, what? So then I like Google Netflix down. A million people had already tweeted four minutes after the fact that Netflix had ruined their weekend. Wow. Yeah, so Netflix, I haven't, you know. Netflix ruined everyone's weekend. I haven't visited you in a while, but don't let that shit happen again. But in Black in honor of Black History Month, I will say that I added, like, some, like, old school, I mean, old black movies. I found this site called Classic Black Movies, and they had all of these old, 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 like, Oscar Michelle, like, the first black filmmaker type stuff. Oh, really? So I added, like, all of these, and, and I... I assumed I was going to go to Netflix and basically not find these movies, and shockingly, they have them. Netflix got every they single have everything movie that has ever been made, except everything. for Soul Plane. Well, there's no reason to have that. Oh my god! You know, people actually, people not of color actually really love Soul Plane. Well, they like I minstrels. my people not of my color friend Michelle. like minstrels. They like blackface <laughs> and they like to clown us. My friend Rachel's grandmother. That's her favorite movie, Soul Plane. Our grandmother's Jewish. Love Soul Plane. She that is a whole hilarious. other show. That is a whole other show. Why someone Jewish will find that funny? Right. <laughs> so we're, we're, I'm just gonna go ahead and play this. But um, listen, I, listen to okay, this. I I came across this, and I thought I was gonna lose my mind. So for those of you who've been out of the loop, Gary Coleman. Who's little like man. a little pint-sized guy man that, that I grew sitcom. up on? Sitcom. Um, he uh, went to jail for like 
or he got arrested for assaulting his wife. Is that Mr. Drummond's so, son? There's this Mr. Drummond's show, son was arrested. So this show uh, called The Insider brought him to the studio and tried to interview him, and he went off. <laughs> so I'm going to play that interview <laughs> this just is really not his quickly. first time going off, but I'm, listen. I'm going to play it really quick. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If we have our discussion, and uh, like most of the time, the men lose. You know, if I lose or she loses, she goes that way, I go that way. But she went not just this way. She called the police and said that you had assaulted her. Gary's mugshot. Arrested and booked last month, Gary joined the panel to tell his side of the story. But watch when he and guest panelist attorney Lisa Bloom go at it. You know what? If people would want to believe that I assault my wife at four foot seven and she's five foot six, then they can believe that all day long. I don't care. Well, why don't you flat out deny it then, right here? Because otherwise, everyone's going to look at this and say he's waffling around and he probably I did it. I don't waffle. There is no abuse that goes on in my house. I don't waffle. Now, if people believe that I'm waffling, then they can go do what they did need to do. Did you abuse your wife? Did you abuse her? Did you lay your hand and on her? And you know what? You can go to the same place. Did you lay you your hands on your wife, Gary Coleman? Because she says you did. herself in the ocean. She says you did. You know what? I have this on my head because I fell down the stairs. I don't want people thinking that my wife is abusing Why don't me. you want to answer the question about whether you abused because your you wife? and everything else. Pardon me? You can go yourself. Really? And quit asking me. Is that me. the way you talk to your wife? If I have to, if I need to, but I don't. And, and I don't know you, and I don't care about and you. And is this the kind of anger that leads to your physical assault? matter to me. Let me tell you so what I'm going to ask you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Or get Listen. hit by a bus tonight. Hey, hey, hey. I'm not going to care because she's pushing my buttons, and I don't like her now, and the next thing Why I'm going to do is leave. So all of you. Gary, come back. No, you. <laughs> what is going on with Black America? I had to that is that what alone. I want to know. <laughs> Why do they find washed up actors and embarrass us? I don't know, but in honor of Black History Month, excuse me, Black History Month. <laughs> Did he just say that someone could go ground themselves in the ocean? I don't care. I don't like you. I don't, you know what? I'm going to leave. Gary, come back. No. F you. F you. So, we have been set back. We have been set back. Shackles are on our feet. Shackles on, on our sh- feet. On a ship. About a hundred years, if pretty not 400. So, Thanks, Gary. Thank yeah. you. And thank you, Mr. Drummond, <laughs> for, for not raising him properly. <laughs> Again, I don't remember the show he was on because I was not born. <laughs> different strokes. Different strokes. What is that about? Different strokes what, what is through different? the world. <laughs> I don't even know what that. This rich white guy bought this these black kids <laughs> from somebody's maid. And he raised him at his own. And then at some point, Janet Jackson came on. Oh, I remember that episode. Mommy, no. And she was like, you're such a good dancer. She was 
dancing Burn. with Todd Bridges. Burn. I forget what his uh, character's name oh, was, no. but Willis. She was like, Willis, you're such a good dancer. And they were snapping. Oh, my gosh. Well, oh, on that, that note, a good we should wow. take a break. Let's take a little break. Because I still have more laughing to do. More uh, laughing. But I want to play this track from this group that I recently discovered at yeah. a Haiti concert. Yeah. They're called BBU, and we're going to try really hard to get them on the show. Yeah. But they have this hot, 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 hot track called Chicago Don't Dance. Yeah, Shy Don't Dance. All but they do is juke. All they do, all is, they juke. do is juke. So, so take a listen. Take a listen. We had a blast with it. Right. We, we bounced to it. Right. Hope, hope you do, too. All right. Obviously, black rule everything around me like
what's up, what's dance no more. All, all we, we do, do is, is chill. All we chill. Watch my feet, watch my feet. Footwork, 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 footwork. Uh, kick that table. I saw you doing footwork underneath the table. How can you not do footwork to that song? So that was BBU. I honestly don't know much about them, so I'm not going to pretend like I do. We but emailed them. We saw them perform. We're trying to get in contact with their people. The song is... I.e. their high school teachers, because they look really young. So, uh... <laughs> extra, it was extra catchy. <laughs> the, the young kids, you know? The youngins. This is what they are up to. Um, exactly. So... I need to push a button and fix this situation going on. Because we have Isaac here. Isaac. Woo! Isaac King. The king of Isaacs. He is the king of Isaacs. Isaac, is your mic working? Uh, it should be. Yeah. Do we hear him? <laughs> I don't hear him. All right. Nicole, you need to digress and talk about something awesome. All right. <laughs> or Isaac can just come up here. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Isaac while we get our technical difficulties together. Isaac is uh, starting a Black Fashion Week, which is brave and scary because Black Fashion regular fashion week is a chore in Chicago and a black fashion week well I have no idea how that's gonna go so I'm very interested in how he plans to pull this off I was researching black designers and especially Chicago black designers and it was few and far between one of the people that came up was Terry Stevens. She was on Project Runway, and uh, she did okay. She got kicked off, but she did okay. Right. She got kicked off, but who didn't get kicked off is uh, Isaac, who's here. Oh, oh, was right. Isaac on there? No, uh, Isaac's like behind you, <laughs> talking. <laughs> yes, he didn't get kicked off, nor was he ever on there, Clinton. <laughs> I, you know what happened? Technicality. I, just, I, uh, I jumped into the conversation. But uh, yeah, we have Isaac. Yeah, this is the A and B, and then you just uh, saw sorry. your way in. You were having a moment with the audience, and I ruined it. Whatever, we I'm can sorry. start over. So back to the King of Isaacs. He's here. Hello. He's gonna chat with us. So tell us about you. What do you do? Well, actually, I am a wardrobe stylist uh, represented by Ford Models Chicago. I've been with them for about three years, but I've actually been styling for about six. And um, some of my clients include uh, Sears, Kmart, Harpo, Craftsman Tools, JCPenney. I do a lot of catalog work. Quentin Roper. Uh, Quentin Roper. My personal stylist. (laughs) Yourself. One day, one day, one day, one day. When yeah, I can yeah, afford yeah. that bill, yeah, I'm not. You you have this thing with kilts. <laughs> I love kilts, and oddly enough, I was. Uh, you were looking for a kilt. I work part. Yeah, I work part time for Time Out Chicago, and um, like Quentin, we want you to write an article about kilts. They're like the new thing for men, and we want to do it in honor of St. Patrick's Day. I was like, oh shit, I have no shit about kilts. So you get <laughs> to me up on Twitter. Like, Twitter, <laughs> Isaac. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god, Isaac. Where do I find a kilt? In I know. I sent you that Scottish story. Did you see that? It's like in Addison, Illinois. I know. It was or so you can rent one. You can, like all those places where you used to rent your prom crap from. Right. Like Genghis or whatever the name of it. But I needed like a kilt, like a fashion, like you're wearing this seriously as a you would pants. Kilt. No, you would, because some people wear kilts to like their weddings and stuff, so I, Isaac. You can get them from any vintage store, really. Yeah, right. really. Vintage store and then Isaac recommended the Belmont Army Surplus and they ah. were like I love we that place. These type of kilts. We have kilts for like twenty dollars. We have kilts for twenty-six dollars. We have designer kilts Very for like good. eighty dollars. It's like what? Thank you. You just saved my job. Because <laughs> you know they always trying to fire the black person. I know. You even <laughs> last hire, first fire. Yep, yep. You like you're already trying to be triple as good, and when you make a mistake on being twice as good, goodbye. Right. <laughs> bye bye. Good goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs> you're not Barack Obama in this bitch. Speaking of being like the last to hire. You're trying to get this Black Fashion Week started. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I just want to know how in the heck you plan on doing that. I mean, that is really like an uphill battle. You're like climbing Mount Everest. Um, I don't know. I thought of it that way a year ago when the idea first came to me. Uh-huh. But um, I don't know. I've been working on it for the past year and I've gotten a lot of support by a lot of non-blacks, actually. <laughs> Puerto Ricans? Uh, I mean, what, what, is, what is a non-black, really? White. Uh, well, white. White. Ites and others. <laughs> the others. <laughs> like on Lost, the others. Oh no, we don't cross that side of the street. <laughs> the others. Yeah, so I've gotten a lot of support from. Um, actually, you know, it was really weird that I brought the idea to some blacks and they thought that it would be um, too. Um, they thought that uh, we would be excluding other people. By calling it African American Fashion Week, and I said, "Well, it's it's about African Americans, so right, it's kind of the whole point." And there's a there's a there's a Latino Fashion Week, exactly. That's my whole point. And there's an Irish Fashion Week, i.e., the no longer existing St. Patrick's Day Parade. <laughs> oh, you no, lose. No. You are the weakest link. <laughs> Shamrock, oh, no. shake you, my you, ass. You are out oh. of you, Zane. <laughs> oh God. Well, you know, I think it's important to have all black things until we are not being the last to hire or fire or whatever. We we definitely need it. So I commend you and I support you. I'm very interested in, you know, you. what you're trying to create here. So, and I mean, tell us about some of the pros and cons of having a black fashion week. And Well, I mean, I really don't see any cons in it because CPT. Mm, besides that that's gonna be the only problem and i'm going to combat that by telling them to get there an hour and a half early 90 minutes early exactly but they won't know that right right, right. hour and a half and then when they actually show up i'm running late right they'll actually still be a half an hour early now is that a myth or is that real do black people run late are they on cp and and why are they on cp that's totally true (laughs) because i'm on time i'm a punctual person yeah you make me feel bad because i'd be Sometimes I'll be on CP I'm like, damn it. I'm on time, <laughs> and both of my parents turned out to be black. Was it? No, Your I'll parents go. turned out to be black? <laughs> Well, both of them. Both you, wait, of them. So you went on Mari's show and you were like crossing your fingers. She's like, okay, Nicole. Because I was like, and oh. your parents are black. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm on time so much that it was a question there. Right. And they were like, uh, something's going on here. You're adopted or something. Right. No, they're both black. Well, 
I am occasionally late, but I have a really strong work ethic because I'm a quarter Mexican. So Usually you you're juggling. Oh. You're juggling. And I'm sure you juggle too, Isaac. Yeah, um, I'm always like 15 to 20 minutes late. Yeah. Much. <laughs> all right. So how do you like create? What? Well, first of all, which week would you prefer it to be? Well, right now I'm going for October, which is, you know, the usual Chicago Fashion Week. But um, I think next year I'm going to switch to the actual month. So this year it's October. Next year will be a different month. Yes, but I actually will have three events leading up to the actual first show. What's the first event? I hope it's a party with liquor. April, baby. And uh, it is sponsored by Kilo Kai. Thank of course, you. Kilo oh, Kai. Kilo Kai. <laughs> of course, everything is sponsored by, by Kilo, Kilo Kai. Kai. <laughs> David's going to be the there. Place. Debbie's going to be there. Exactly. Of course, Debbie's going to be Debbie's there. Gonna be there. Hey, Debbie. Love you. Yes, Love you too, yes, baby. Yes. I'm wearing right. my Ultra bag today. But. Exactly. Ultra liquid. Ultra, Ultra.com. Visit it. Love it. Love it. Live it. All of that good stuff. <laughs> right. Wait, okay. So what is this event in April? Tell Actually, the it. event in April is going to be at Galleria Unico okay. uh, on Huron, 44 West Huron, I believe. And uh, it's just to introduce the, the company, which is... I, I just set up called uh, Code Black. And that's black with a Q. Mm, actually. No. Oh, you changed it? Yes, I'm sorry. I went to this Art Institute um, party uh, event two, three yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, way to text your friend, oh, Isaac. I was a plus one. What are you talking about? Okay, whatever. <laughs> I was a I plus one. I wish there would be an Art Institute function that I wasn't allowed to go into. But like, you, you, do I need to show you my tuition bill? Like, oh, really? no. I, wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Right, we're going to take you. it there because I will make a scene. You went there. I don't care if Oprah's in there. <laughs> she owe me money anyway. All right. That's off topic. I'm sorry. Right. And um, so anyway, I met a PR person and she told me that Q sounded like I was trying to be cute, that I need to be more powerful, more profound. So she said it should be the actual word black with a CK. So it, it will be. I agree. I think that's a good. Now. I think that's a good choice. It makes it stronger. It makes exactly. it more deliberate. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like it's black. You can't explain black. But when you with the BLAQ, it's like, oh, this isn't that serious. Yeah, it's that it's that group that died with left eye or something. Oh, right, wait, those wait. Three girls. <laughs> Boom like, like an eight oh eight. There's a song. I can't get. Okay, wait. There's a song. There's a song. Wait. Boom baby. Boom baby. I can tell you what Oh baby baby No that's Bring It All To Me That's Bring It All To Me Wait that's a different one It's the same group though Same group Same group Bring It All To Me Oh baby bring it all to me They had really good stylists Bring it all Yeah so As we digress again We're not going the Left eye rest in peace Black route on the name of your company. We're keeping it serious and, and profound. Okay. With, so with, does with that mean you have okay. to redo your Twitter account? I can change the name. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So it'll be fine. So right. define <laughs> black fashion and then I'm going to probably go through a laundry list of complaints. But d- define black fashion for us. I your- don't think that the definition of black fashion is any different from any other um ethnicity okay i just think that the way that we are represented even even i could i give this uh this example um macy's has the fashion incubator program yes i, I know about this you know which, which is like, what because people in australia don't know what that is okay yes, it's um, international actually, podcast actually international podcast <laughs> it was um sort of a gift i call it a band-aid to uh the city uh for them changing the name from marshall fields to macy's 
So they said, well, you know what, we will take um, six designers from your, from your city and uh, teach them everything that we can about the industry, give them a showroom, and just be mentors to them for a year. And they gave them showrooms in the, in the actual store and things like that. So they pick six every year. Um, the, first, the first rotation uh, was one African-American designer. He was a male. Yep, and I remember he, that. Mm-hmm, and he did um, urban wear. Everything was double XL. Right. You know. Okay, second rotation, they had one black designer. He was a black male. He did urban wear. Right. Double XL, but it was leather. That was the difference. Everything was leather. So, oh, so he was he was designing for like Jodeci or H Town. Tell me, yeah, where what are you they? Want? <laughs> Tell me what you need. He was he was ahead of his time because you know '90s is coming back. It's on the runway right now, but um, more urban wear. I hear you. And where were the women? There's no women. There were no women, and there was no actual, you know, ready to wear. There was right. there was nothing that, that you was, could wear to work or wear exactly. to dinner or just if you were a rapper or, or if you nothing were. you'd be caught dead in rapper singer right. ball player which is which are the roles that America is comfortable in seeing African American males yeah in. they hate seeing so, the educated <laughs> black dude they don't want to see that that's a dangerous that. thing it's a tough life I live it's a they don't want to see that <laughs> tough life I live as I eat fried chicken. I really yeah, am I mean, eating fried chicken. I right didn't now. get any chicken. What is this chicken? <laughs> Where does this chicken come out of your arm? The I saw black the chicken people, when she first came in and asked black her for people, some. I missed that. I missed that. I'm sorry. I can only do one thing at a time. Well, I smelled it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I really must not be black. I, nor did I see it. I didn't smell it either. He, I smelled it. Our poet walked. Our poet that we're going to have on a little bit. Energy. Walked into the studio and I smelled it. And she's like, you want some fried chicken? Oh my chicken? God. This really is the Black History Show. Yeah. There's, there's fried chicken in the room. Right. Me and my second Authentic. Piece. Authentic fried chicken. <laughs> Real fried chicken. And I'll tell you how she paid for the fried chicken when she gets oh, on. Stop. Oh, <laughs> Okay, so 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 the urban wear in the incubator for the last two years, uh-huh. you feel like I feel like there's a poor choice and they pigeonhole black fashion in Chicago or what? Yeah, I feel like it's a box that they do not want us to step out of. Because it's something about urban wear. It's a it's a slippery slope because someone white does urban wear. They're a genius like Jeremy Scott or John Charles Acosta Bayat or anyone for that matter. Mark Jacobs, anyone. Mm -hmm. They do urban wear. Oh, my God. So innovative. Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. (laughs) But when black people do urban wear, which is no one more urban than a black person. Right, it's worse. It's like urban, ill, yuck, urban you don't know anything about fashion. So it's a slippery slope. At one time, you want to be like praised for your knowledge of urban wear and be free to do it. At the same time, you also don't want to be like cornered and thinking that that's all you know how to do. Exactly. So how do we overcome that? Well, I think initially what I'm going to do is not focus on urban wear at all. Okay. Because we've seen that. Right. Yeah, we've seen it. We, we've it's, seen it. We've been there. We've done it's that. It's athletic wear for the streets. Athletic exactly. wear will always be there for black people. It's never going anywhere. We'll always be on an NFL and or NBA team. Exactly. And on four-fifths of the starters. But I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to be honest. When somebody says black fashion and it's a designer that I've never heard of before, I either think of... African-inspired things, mm-hmm. and African's a big-ass continent, so that can mean a lot, mm-hmm. or these really 
abstract pieces that are so odd but so uniquely black. Do you know what I'm saying? I know it. I know what you mean. Um, I think that like for, '80s almost, like monochromatic, like the same color from head to toe, that kind right. of thing. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, but we as you know, we as people have to change that. I mean, we have we have to stop dressing so matchy matchy and matching our you know our belts. Matchy our matchy. Yeah, you know, our hats with our belts and our shoes and our and our bags. And another thing about black fashion, it just seems that. People in general, or black people in general, are uncomfortable with change or don't want to or try anything different. Yeah, anything different unless <laughs> a celebrity does it. P- case in point, that the 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 black man's mohawk, right? Oh, Diddy God, three did years it. ago, it was a no, oh a no. no go. I know. I had a friend of mine. He Barbara's had a mohawk. I think it had to be almost like a decade ago. He had a mohawk, and trust me, we were not getting a table. We were not. It was too <laughs> getting and a then, table, and then Diddy did it, and people were like, "Oh, that's interesting." And right. then, and now it's okay I think to it have was a mohawk. Too, and I, and not anymore. So it's played out. It's played out. But I think it was like 2008, 2009, where every black dude had a mohawk. I'm just like, come on now. So right. late. Let it go. So late. I mean, Mr. T. Hello. <laughs> that is a very A-T. valid point. I didn't Mr. realize. And Mr. T. Is no one more black than Mr. T. And how dare the new AT movie not have Mr. T in it? Uh, how, shame on you not have him in there. First of all, he's hollering at white people all around him. No one more black than Mr. T. He's got I all that gold fool. on. I pity the fool. He got all that gold on. I pity the fool. He got on <laughs> denim. At some point, he had on like Kente cloth. Do you remember that? He used to wear like a Kente mm-hmm. kerchief. Po- <laughs> You know that is he is really I like those icon. vest with no shirt. That vest I have a vest even <laughs> on my side. That's Petit, amazing. I, that's my homage to Mr. T. Mm-hmm. Although my vest has studs on it, but ain't nothing wrong with a little studs. Ain't nothing wrong with little studs on the vest. But Put you are so right about that. And black people, I, I think it's also in Chicago the segre- how the city is set up is so segregated. The reason there's no change is because also there's no change in the setup of the city. Yeah, the city will never. Right. True. So people are having their little cocoon, their bubble, you know, uh, south of Jackson or south of Roosevelt. Everyone lives where they've always lived. True. And I feel, you know, that there's this like this disconnect, this like, you know, this thing between south side blacks and west side blacks. And, you know, like there's just like these. Everyone thinks that you know everyone on the south side is a bougie black, and everyone on the west side is a ghetto black. You know what I mean? And like, I just and I don't partake in any of it. Yeah, nothing can be further from. I the live truth. downtown. Oh, so you're. I extra live on bougie. the north. I live on the. I live on the north side. <laughs> I live in Forest Park. Right there, so. you go. Right. I mean, so is it? Is it with everything being so global? Do you think that it's a combination of just like race, gender, class? Issues or a lack of the internet or a combination of everything or just not wanting to change. Well, I mean, fashion is a global institution now. Well, it's well, my whole problem with it, and it's like a, a part of it, like a big inspiration for me actually doing Club Black, is like when I get to a set, like if I get booked for a job, I get to set, yep, I'm the only black person on set. It's just me. And people are actually surprised to see me. I know the feeling. Oh, I know that too. <laughs> Do you know I, what I mean? Oh, I assisted on some fashion photos, and someone told me, I will not say his name. Because mm-hmm. he's. As well. You know. Well, tell me after the break. No, it's just unprofessional, but he said, You don't look how you sound. I've oh. gotten that. Articulate. <laughs> Articulate. <laughs> how can you? How can you fix your face to say that to someone that is grossly? 
grossly offensive. Or how about the recent offensive thing that I've experienced is that um, Time Out let me go to the... Time Out. Calling out. Time right. Out. No. Time Out's a great publication. They are it treating me like royalty. Love so don't, no, don't mess up my job. <laughs> I love Time Out. But uh, I went to the... I think it was the Horatio Nieto fashion show during uh, yes. Chicago's Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know this name. I had the VIP pass and everything because they were like, Quinn, we trust you. You're a really good writer. Why don't you write about this fashion show and do another fashion show? So I went to this fashion show and uh, there was VIP seating for me because, you know, two seats for a timeout. So I go over to seating like eight people. Saw, no, sorry. This is reserved seating. It's like, here's my card and get the hell out of my way. Wow. Well, you know, Chicago, you know, it, it has its roots somewhere. Well, and it's not known as the most segregated city in America for no reason. For no reason. Martin and Luther King said that. He was like, damn, the city is segregated. <laughs> He did. Don't he bring did. me back here. He did, and you <laughs> Take know, him back to Alabama. we. I am not shocked at all because I mean, even being at Robin Richman, which is one of the luxury boutiques in Chicago, like on a level of Blake or like an Ekrom, people. It takes a while for people. What it is in the city is you have to kind of sell yourself. Exactly, you're constantly you selling yourself until you're sold, and then. After a couple of weeks or months, they just might look you in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> they just might start looking they you in the eye. They, they might. They, and then they're like, finally, they're like, what's your name again? You know, after a couple of months. Right, but right, now right, I understand. Right. We have to start really breaking those barriers down. That's probably why we do need a Black Fashion Week. And, it's, it, 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 you know, it's too bad that it just can't be an integrated fashion week that's good for everyone. And we all come together. But... You know, right? I kind of felt that the, especially for the Fresh Faces show that was part of mm-hmm. a Fashion Week, was like you guys couldn't like try to get one minority, like more than one minority, because like the city is so diverse. What? Mm-hmm. What is Segregated. Asian? What is Asian? Asian is minority in Chicago. Right. 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 But we have so many other diversities. No, it's just Asian. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm, you know what? I'm just a temporary person that lives here. My next stop is Toronto. So I'm just saying. Well, they appreciate Negroes. They appreciate Negroes there. In Toronto? I don't know. I, I, I don't ask questions. Are there Negroes in Toronto? Mm. Someone call us and tell us. Right. 312-345-38. What's the number again? Zero five. I don't even know why I say the number. People are too shy to call. We were like, I heard your show live and I really liked it. Like, you and Nicole are so funny. Why didn't you call in? Because my voice sounds funny. Yeah, people are very self conscious about the sound of their voice and the questions they ask. And it's like, no one can see your face. You could say you're a Scooby Doo. Right. And no one would know the difference. <laughs> Scooby Doo Exactly. I don't sound like a Smurf anyway, so it doesn't matter. Right. I love that. But, can, uh, we, can we talk about uh, black, black models for Nicole, a second? Please. I want to talk about black models. Okay, Nicole. We got this poet here. We gotta let her go on first, cause the show. All right, we almost, gotta say but bye. We'll, we'll, no, no, no. We'll let we'll, let's interview energy first before her light blows out. And <laughs> I don't even know what that meant. Uh, I was going with like the image of energy. Of the right, 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 right. And we're gonna interview her, and then we'll get to the discussion about black models and black people in entertainment and stuff like that. All right, well, so, thank you, Isaac. King. Let's take a quick breaky break. You know what I'm saying? Make sure that everything's working properly. 
and then we'll have energy and she's gonna delight us with her poetry fantastic All right, we're back. She's doing poetry, people, so that means that you can't clap. It's like culturally accepted if you snap, though. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so here's energy. Me? Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Excellent. Um, hello, everyone. Good evening. I'm Energy. Um, and the first piece I always feel like uh, there's a need for me to uh, kind of give you a little bit of background. So essentially my pieces are conscious pieces. Um, they aren't in an attempt to demean or degrade anyone, but simply to bring conscious to a group of people or individuals. So my first piece is called uh, Break Free. It's better. Alrighty. Stubborn are the ways <clears throat> Excuse me. Stubborn are the kinks of my hair and the ways of my people standing tall with long legs screaming Africa. An image so profane yet beautifully created the obscene nudity of our bodily forms birth art. Slang mastered by the chain gang knew no ebonics only familiar words being spoken. Trade a nigga in for a college degree exchange broken English for old English and you got yourself a recipe for token. Can you stay awake long enough to feel the vibrations of my vocals on the beating drum, drum clogging up your ears? Or are you in somniatic during mayhem, a spinning dreidel, barely able to function to contain yourself from all the drama that's pulling you under, under a tideless tide? Musical theory's last composition be noted a hood anthem. Mismatched colors patched together to make an uncoordinated design. It wasn't cool until the coolest kids on the block rocked out with punk on their shirt, belt buckle and kicks. Righteous. Little black boys and girls now rock out to Stevie Nicks as long as they got a hot beat master on the track, a rapper giving back. Platinum artists pocketing millions, not giving a dime back to the community where they shot a video visualizing the struggle. They call them great black leaders. But great black leaders can only lead us until they themselves have gone astray. We praise corruption and turn away from those who have negatively acted or reacted out of frustration towards a system that has failed you. On any level, the Prince of Peace has a golden key to release your grief on an ascending stairway to heaven. So those of you who choose the ladder, please remove your ladder so that the rest of us can begin to step in the name of love. I see you making motions like you torn between devotion and loyalty to a house that ain't quite your home. But your confusion has perpetuated more than an illusion because this home is where the hatred is. 
Evasive situationless decisions can't be valued when the basis is greed and hate. I don't have to worry about misidentifying with you because your constructed identity was a mistake. A pattern process of practice makes permanent. You went against your fate. Free will the path that only you can help yourself escape. So break free, my brother. Break free, my sister. Break free. That's that. Wait, don't scream into the mic like that. <laughs> Snaps, I said, people. All right. So that was energy. That was energizing. Verb <laughs> is the game. Right. Yes. All right. It was so, energizing. Uh, yeah. How long have you been writing poetry? Since I could write. Literally. So you were like in the second grade. No, truly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Teacher, teacher, I got something I want to get off my mind. <laughs> exactly. And then your teacher you called me, your mom. You're teaching me these ABCs, but do you really see me because I'm black? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, do you really see the B in black? <laughs> right. And the ABC. Miss Green, please have a seat before I call your mother. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, it really was like that, actually. Uh, I mean, how do you punish your child for like, being deep? Like. <laughs> Well, she was telling the truth. She was. She <laughs> this is was. something, a big outlet. Writing for me has always been an outlet. And so when I was younger, um, my mom, I grew up in a household where it's like children be seen and not heard. And so you can't like, in, in, in my household, you couldn't ever talk back. You know, you can't ask questions. It just was how it was. So I would always write these little poems and leave them in my drawer because I know my mom would always clean out my stuff. And I would hope that she would have a discussion with me about it. So... That's so <laughs> passive aggressive. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. But you know, you can't talk back. You can't t- you can't talk back, you know. And so right. it was kind of like I understand what's going on with me. <laughs> I wish you would let me go on a date with Tyrone. He ain't gonna hurt nobody. <laughs> Perhaps so he's thirty eight. But so that's true. great. <laughs> It was a way for me to release my emotions at a young age, um, you know, and really begin to express myself. So that's how I really have been writing for as long as I can write. Honestly. Oh, wow. See, yeah. from oppression comes the art. It does. True. Hip hop. That's hip hop. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> push something, if you try to push something underground, it'll only come back stronger. That's true. That's true. I'm a rose growing out of the concrete. Yeah, diamond in the rough, all that good stuff. <laughs> Definitely. That's true. Definitely. That's true. Definitely. Well, uh, what else? So, we went to Loyola together. We did, and we danced. And we, we danced, danced together. together. Oh, you do all kinds and of arts. You so dance. I do. She's a well-rounded uh, artist. You like Renaissance women, Quentin. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Hello, Nicole. Why are we friends? So, uh, what... Living in, are you originally from Chicago? I'm originally from Michigan, originally. All right, but you're still a Midwestern. Yeah, yeah. Don't try to front. Um, yes, yeah, all one big city. No, no. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, the middle. Yeah. It's the <laughs> so, middle city of America. Right. So, what as a poet, like, I've only been to a handful of poetry dreams. Um, and there seems to be, like, so much pain and hurt that is discussed in regards to life in the Midwest. Like, how would you describe that? Like, what? It, what? For someone that doesn't know what it's like to be black in Chicago specifically, like, what? How would you sum that up? I would say that there's, there's just. 
the expression come it does come from the oppression and I do think that you really have to be open-minded there are those progressive liberalists who who tend to be more open-minded to understanding but unless you've kind of gone through the experience it's hard to be able to imitate it Um, so it's best to just simply be open-minded and try to understand an art the artistry itself right and you you have a college degree so what bothers you about a things that you've noticed about black college students and then two things that you've noticed about your other fellow black poets like what do you think is one of those things that gives you a bad rap as a a black college student and be a, a black poet um, for me, um, I'm extremely conscious, and I always try to bring consciousness to other people. I'm extremely down to earth. And so what grinds my gears about other black college students is kind of like they lose sight of who they are right. themselves. Yeah. It's like, I have a degree. I'm better than you. No, no you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> and a degree so, is like a dime a dozen. They give out degrees pretty, when you're born much. now. I mean, you get a degree Westwood, from DeVry.com. Pretty much. And so... I think it really, really bothers me when I see people and kind of, they really have a chip on their shoulder, like they've done something so much more than everybody else, right. you know, right. or they've had so much more opportunity that they took advantage of. And if you would just take advantage of this opportunity, you'd be like me. And it's, it's not that, that's not the case at all. Right. And so for me, I always have to bring um, people down to reality and it's for them to really, really understand, look. You can just as easily be in the same situation as somebody else. Whether or not you have experienced this, you can just as easily experience that. And all in all, we're all in America, and you're shit to a whole lot of other people. Right, right, right. right. And what I I find (laughs) especially funny about, um, well, just college students in general, is that, oh, I'm all this, I'm all that, I'm smart, I'm independent, you know, I got my bachelor's degree, I'm that, and then graduation hits, and then a year after graduation, I'm, like, playing the VH1 Where Are They Now game. They're right back in the retail store they worked in their entire college Or Trader Joe's. Or Trader Joe's. (laughs) (laughs) I would would take a job at Trader Joe's right now. But I'm saying I would take a job. That's okay. It's not about a Trader Joe's. You can get a job anywhere. Not to and I just want to let the audience know that (laughs) he didn't say that as like in a demeaning way. You you can you (laughs) but it's just funny how the level that people the extent that people go to put themselves on a pedestal when if you look at the world outside you, they perceive you the same, the same way that they perceive anybody else. And that's like one of the major <laughs> problems of Chicago because we were talking about this last week where we walked into like, we went to this uh, C-Fan fashion show and there were all these people and you could tell that they were acting like they were kings and queens of the universe but you could tell like, okay. Kings and queens of the concrete. Right. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah. you're no better than me. Why are you looking at me up and down? I'm the one that's reporting this. And it's a networking <laughs> event. The point is like to talk to people. That's the only reason why people showcase anything. Right. It's so that you can meet people and talk to people and socialize but you brought your own crew with you. Like, you're supposed to be an adult. Are we like in the high school lunchroom? That's exactly how it felt. And it's just unfortunate when when you waste time yeah. as an adult still pretending like you're a child. I think it's about <laughs> purpose and knowing that you have a purpose here, then you do what it is that that God put you here for. For right. me, and, and, and yeah, like, me it, and if you don't understand that, then your life is essentially meaningless. I right. mean, give. That's why I wrote a piece about you know giving back to the community. Give back. Don't forget where you came from, even if you didn't come from that particular place give back it's not really about you people live our lives like we were put here for our own self-aggrandizement when, when we weren't we were right. put here for a purpose and so 
you know, the quicker people are able to gain sight of that and gain conscious of that and understand and understanding of that, that's the better they'll be able to live their lives as, as black people, period, in general. Right. That's and it's not to say that uh, working at Trader Joe's is a bad thing. <laughs> no. Especially not, if not you're that way, but. an artist and, you know, you need a steady gig to support your, your dream and stuff like that. The issue is when you have spent so much time hyping yourself and degrading other people and yeah, putting definitely. people down because they're not like you when the truth of the matter is that everybody shit stinks. Everybody And, and the truth of the matter is you're grinding from to the day you die. All right. of us. It doesn't matter if you're a CEO of a company. Because once you make it to the top, you have to keep working. To you stay have there. to work. Right. You have to maintain that position. And just know you can always be replaced. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, everyone is right. replaceable. Yeah. We learned that lesson from Beyonce. The, the irreplaceable. She made a song about that. Actually, Neo made the yeah, song. Yeah. <laughs> Neo wrote the. Neo did write the song. She was lip syncing to his vocals. Actually, he did. Um, <laughs> he did call her out. She claimed to have. She told Korea that she. I wrote this song, but like, Neo was like. Uh, Matthew, why is your daughter on a Korean stage talking about she wrote that song? You know how long it took me to write that song? Can you please correct that? Yes, Thank you. please. Thank Beyonce you. went on a special tour. Neo wrote this song. Neo wrote this song. I'm like, exactly. Oh, Beyonce, you're such a tool. She is a tool sometimes, <laughs> but that is why we love her. We love tools. <laughs> Tool Academy. Tools are good. <laughs> the Black Edition. Tools are good. I would just, uh, I mean, just in terms of artists in general, too, I would really appreciate it if, like, Beyonce knows the control that she has and the influence that she has, and I feel like she's just, like, a useless piece of work. I mean, you know the amount of talent you have. You can use that. I feel Isaac like you has can something use, to say. No, I, well. I mean, I'm not saying anything about her talent, and I know I'm stepping on people's toes, but honestly, it's garbage. I'm sorry. Some of the oh, stuff she puts out, Sasha Fierce, is, is garbage, you know? Put I'm a single ladies. Put out I'm something that, that matters, you know? I, on your video phone. <laughs> nobody cares. Like, nobody cares about the video phone. I mean, make something that's worth listening to. Honestly. Wait, come on. wait, and I, that's, wait, wait, That's wait, the problem wait. when you're talking about black But America, she's not an artist, though. She's, she's a pop artist. She's an entertainer. She's, she's an entertainer. That's a difference. Make sure we clarify that because yeah. a lot of people she's do an entertainer. throw her in that category. And she's a great artist. No, right. she's an entertainer. She's a pop artist entertainer. entertainer yeah not even we can't even say that she's an artist an icon at this point no she's an idol not even an icon well, i don't know she's, she's pretty iconic she people are gonna be way to iconic status yeah sure. she did well it doesn't really matter it doesn't matter she has, i mean she has more, the thing she has more is like, there's a whole Shrasa. other world that you, you don't even have like i don't have television and i'm still getting way too Netflix much information i don't believe that it's way too much inter- information <laughs> from the internet you know and it's like all I say is if we want to live in an original life have an original life we have to ignore everything ignore the TV filter through, filter mm-hmm. through all of that that's being fed to you on all sides of your life every minute of the day well, even when you're on the L or there's a fluff side to that you either ignore all that stuff or you make sure that you have a firm grasp on it you can't just be like oh well Fox News said this so I'm gonna believe it no, if you're going to watch it on Fox News, you probably need to watch it on MSNBC. Yeah. You probably need to watch it on the ABC Network. You probably need to look it up on Google. You need to, like, get your facts straight, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I have this theory about eat the meat, throw back the bone. So if in, in every situation, no matter what it is, you eat the meat, whatever's applicable for you, you right. eat it. And whatever's not, throw back the bone. And speaking Some of which, people don't know how to do that. You so. showed up to the studio with fried chicken. I, <laughs> I did. <laughs> 
and she threw I back did. the bone. I admit, audience, I want I some see, chicken I see bones in the garbage. <laughs> Someone has been throwing bones in the garbage. That was me. I did. <laughs> but I was really, really disappointed, and I know this is going to make me sound like real, real. Uh-uh. <laughs> but it's the truth. Black, but, you know, I went to Jewel, and what took me so long is I was trying to get my fried chicken, and everything went cool, and I was doing good on time, and I get to the self-checkout, and it said that I owed $18. I was like, what about $18? And the lady came up and she looked at my bag and she was like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you can't use hot items on your link card. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? For the, like, a link card is a government <laughs> assistant <laughs> program. <laughs> I, uh, AKA, it's the credit card version of food stamps. It's the purple platinum. It's the purple platinum. <laughs> I mean, it wow, is. Wow, I am learning. <laughs> So much, look, so much. Today. I, I, I'm Thank an AmeriCorps member. Oh I'm strapped. Just no, see, college degrees. You right. know what I mean? Right. Thank you for That's enlightening amazing. us. Just because you have a college degree That's does not amazing. mean you're leaving the dream. <laughs> Living the dream. I'm still searching for it. <laughs> you may so, still I mean, qualify for like, I had to pay for half of my chicken. And, you know, my cold items were on the link, but the hot items, you know, that is hilarious. Accepted. Well, thank you for sharing that story. It's good welcome. to know. So. Wow. Yeah. What? Uh, but you. Uh, there was this two part to her question. What annoys you about black poets? Because <laughs> um, I got some things I want to say, but I want to let you say it first. <laughs> for me, for, for poets, <laughs> when it comes to artists, poets, um, I'm, I'm really tolerant just because I, I feel like everybody has their own artistry. And if that's your way of expressing. Except Beyonce. Except she's an entertainer. Um, <laughs> side note, um, but if if you have if this is your way of expressing yourself, then I, I'm not I'm not judgmental. I try no I'm, I'm trying not to be judgmental at all, but I'm definitely not going to be judgmental of your art. Um, what I don't like is how poets tend to box you into a particular category so much, and I, uh, a lot of poets do this. If you're if you're not rhyming or if you talk a certain way people tune in but they zone out if you're not like if you get on stage and you're you're really proper i've watched how black poets per- receive other black poets uh, who get on stage and they you speak their things proper, or if they're As not talking a about a hood piece. struggle you know that 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 kind of bothers me because i do see that a judgmental base there i should like walk up on the stage i should go with you the next time you go to a you know a, a poetry slam is that what they call it Get on on stage and be like, wow. Roses are red, violets are blue. And just see how many people start tweeting. Honestly, like, see how many people it is. And so I'm like, you know, have respect for the person who's talking about something that is meaningful to you. The same respect that you would have for somebody who's talking about something that you don't necessarily understand. Give a poet a chance. Give a poet a chance. That's, That's my thing. Yeah, what I don't like is when. And this is only with male poets. They get that ego. That ego gets activated, and then they have that one sexual poem. And it's like <laughs> a sexual poem. Honey. And like, there's a lot of ladies in the audience. I'm gonna get a lot of booty tonight. Let me That's spit true. it out. That's true. And like, I have never, that. I have never been influenced by a man saying a poem. Oh, please, live. they have groupies. Oh yeah, you know, I could, I actually have a lot of respect for men who can actually do a lot of poetry and not necessarily have to interject uh, a sexual thing to it. But I mean, I was, I just had a big performance this past Wednesday, yeah. and almost 
all, a lot of the male performers did have some form of sex or sexual in like windows in, in their pieces. <laughs> but I mean, that's freedom of art, speech, right, you know, right, right. whatever you have it. But it's but, interesting. But and that. also, I kind of feel like even though it's poetry, the you have to keep your poems appropriate for your setting. I get really upset when I the four times I've gone that there has been a poem that was so inappropriately sexual in front of a young college audience. I've just been like, um, well, if yeah. you censor that, then you have to censor, you know, other things. Yeah, too. but if it's and like so... a faculty member who I will not call out doing a <laughs> sexual poem, and we know that he's trying, has been hollering at students, that's inappropriate. <laughs> Loyola University. You're terrible. Diversity office. What? I'm just saying. Oh my god. Okay, so my question is. Wow. You did I'm not call them call out. Anybody out. You've been calling people out today. Um, I don't, Quentin doesn't care. For poets, for black poets, <laughs> does it always have to care. be like a all black event? Like King. All like, black everything. All black everything. Like, it, can the white people be at you all's event, or can the black poets, you know, the, why does it always have to be just like, this is a black poet thing? Is it a particular genre where no one can go in and no one comes out? Or No, not at all. I think that it's just, uh, it can be concluded that black poets tend to write about things that are relatively close to their hearts, passionate um, and in a, in a, in overall, an overarching um, theme is essentially the struggle. And so um, I think that that's what begins to differentiate black poets from other poets. But it's, it's no difference. Like this event, this is Black History Month, and it was a lot of, this was a very, very mixed event. I actually gauge my crowd when I go perform. And so before I had this really, really tough piece, and before I went on stage, I was like, man. Show is a lot of white people in here. Not because, like, I, I love, like, you know, I love all people. I love all people. But I also, I try to be conscious about how other people are going to receive right. my work as well. And not as a, it's not, um, it's Black History Month, let's bash the white people. No, right. white people know what their ancestors did just as much as I know how my ancestors were treated, you know? Right, right. And so, it's not about that, but it's just about being conscious and being very, very incorporative. And so, I think white people who actually come to those events, it's Black History Month, you know, actually come to those events, come with open mind and know, you know, I invited all my white friends and they showed up, it was like, oh, goodness, yeah, I, was, I was hot. I, I loved, loved it. it. They under, because they understand. They, they, they're they open enough to be able to understand and they don't yeah. take That's it personal. The key. Yes. You know? When February rolls around do not take stuff personally but even when i perform i perform yeah, pieces like that in, in, in mixed crowds all the time okay and i mean it's it's up to everybody's discretion not everybody's gonna like what it is that you perform i don't like all pieces that i hear but i can respect it i can respect that it comes from a genuine and honest place and, right. and it is what it is you know? well you have another poem be real don't you I do, I do. Um, and I was <laughs> debating. This was actually a, a piece that I performed recently. Uh, it's a little longer. Um, How much? Oh my God, I'm looking at the page. It's like eight pages. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's, oh, Quentin, it's, it's you're not, exaggerating. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is a little longer. But um, essentially, I'll, I'll just do it. It's about um, black family. And so. All right. Black family. Uh, yeah, it's about right. black family. Has like a lot your of family, Quentin. Ideas. What are you talking um, about? <laughs> Don't try to pretend like your family isn't black. They are black. 
Why were you offended when I said that? I see them every year. <laughs> Once a year. That's it. My mom was like, Panza? can we trick you into coming home for Easter? And I was like, nope. no. <laughs> I don't, what Quentin hasn't mentioned is he's a southern boy. <laughs> I talk about being from the south almost every podcast. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. From the south. Well, um, this one is, it is, um, it, it has quite a few profane words so you know if you're you young can to say this, I'll take every, my he- I can take my headphones off we, yeah you can <laughs> say every curse word under the moon until I get a talk show that's syndicated word okay papers. do it Alrighty. do well, it um, essentially the, this one is about black family and, it, and it's really interesting because um, it has a lot of different themes in it so uh, I hope you enjoy again issue this is not uh, towards anyone or it's not geared towards you the listener Exactly. Um, Here it is. Sorry about that. Family. Wait, 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 wait. I did something horrible. It's okay. (laughs) Let me start that over. Quentin is messing up the studio equipment. All right. Okay. Family. Familia. Famil. Ohana. What does it mean and how can and does it successfully exist? I used to say that my family had a dysfunction and with so much pride, too. My mother always told me to never say such things. She always said that by categorizing us as a family with dysfunction, it indicates that there is a right family, a white family, with an assumed perfect family structure. That's not family. No, that's not family at all. I realize that every family has problems, issues, and some simply cannot be understood. Esoteric, right? Yeah, esoteric. The ability to be understood by a select few, a unique opposition. Not even many people can really understand that concept. Weep for my people, our land, our curse, the future. Why can't we get it right? I suppose it's because we were left so many years ago, disconnected, confused, and stranded. What were we to do? What was a black family to the red, white, and blue? Red is for the blood that was shed while captivating our ancestors and fighting in senseless wars to keep us property for what the materialistic and economic gain for what the Kenyans call in Swahili mazungos, meaning beings who are white. White is for the people whose biggest struggle at that time was learning how to get a nigger to behave. That is, until the honorable grandmother slave master, Mr. Willie Lynch, taught his song of the South. Break the mind and the body will submissively follow. Break the mind and the body will submissively follow. Break the mind and the body will submissively follow. You tear down the consciousness and stream of thought and you leave them with nothing. How often have you seen a black body submissively follow? No mind, no thoughts, no education, no stream of consciousness, no sense that the good Lord gave us. Common sense isn't really that common after all. We have one white man to thank for a black nation filled with sheep. Thank you, Mr. Willie Lynch, for the unconsciousness of my people and their unwillingness to turn away from their stubborn ways and be a better race, a better people. I'm sure that you turn it in your grave with joy right now and on behalf of the dope boys who scream and fuck the white man, I gotta get my money. They don't even know if the very white man they fucking is you. But teaching them that they ain't shit, so their family ain't shit, and anything they produce, touch, or affiliate themselves with ain't gonna ever amount to shit. Even all of us who participate in the white man's dream and play his game, which has been proven for centuries to defeat us on so many different levels. I hear people say, oh, but so much has changed. Ain't motherfucking shit changed about this game, but the motherfucking pieces, the players, 
They used to be titanium silver, but now they gold. A master of evil-rooted treasure that can only be found on the devil's playground that we call Earth. Oh, there's so much beauty in the green and blue. Blue is for the raging waters that moistened the land that so many of my ancestors were slaughtered on for no other reason but self-aggrandizement. The nutrients that they received from the motherland proved to be great fertilizer for the good old boys of the U.S. of A. We are the U.S. of our ancestral persons. Post-Great Depression, the 1930s and early 40s, birthed white picket fences on the land that slaves once occupied and cropped. I bet the souls of their feet cry out in the land that encloses a new slave master, a neo-slave master, one who doesn't physically own any slaves but can continue to rape their descendants of a blessing every day in the workplace, on the streets, and in their schools. A neo-slave master can deprive the descendants without ever even lifting a finger. It's embedded. Blue is also for the eyes of perfection. Oh, what it is to find a pair of blue eyes like Sarah Vaughn sings. Oh, is it really possible to find the bluest eye as Toni Morrison describes? Blue is representative of an Aryan culture, a white culture, a presumed white culture. A group is searching for a flight culture, but there's no escape in the red, white, and blue. You cannot have one without the other. I swear, bloods and crips truly believe because they have failed to realize they are meant to be together. Brothers and sisters as one. A blood will die for the red and a crip will die for the blue in a nation that will never die for you. Sadness. They fight and kill each other and the only color standing in between mediating this conflict is the white. Laughing at a debauchery that will only make his job easier when he's cleaning up the house that he prepared for himself in the first place. Red, white, and blue. Red, white, and blue. Red, white, and blue. What's the black family to the red, white, and blue? <clears throat> family. Familia. Famil, Ohana, black people, what's the black family to you? I say black people, what's the black family to you? Gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Red, white, and blue, red, white, and blue, red, white, and blue. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave. Red, white, and blue, red, white, and blue, red, white, and blue. For the land of the Red, black, and green, red, black, and green, red, black, and green. Red is for the blood, black is for the people, green is for the struggle and the fortune that will come as a result. And the home of the brave. Red, white, and blue, red, white, and blue, red, white, and blue. Black family, that's that piece. Damn. <laughs> that was amazing. That changed my life. iTunes. (laughs) Yes, this podcast is available on iTunes. It is on iTunes now. Nobody dances here. Exclusive. (laughs) And don't try to pick her up because she already has a manager. We already manage it. Already got her. Already got her style. Music video comes out Tuesday. Shut up. I know. It drops. Drops. It drops. Drop drop that. Drop it like it's hot. Pick it up like it's cold. Do the remix. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody but Titty. R. Kelly. This is the kills. No pedophiles, please. Thank you. Right. No. You're too old. <laughs> We're all too old. <laughs> wow. Damn. Can we can we just please just have a moment? Moment? <laughs> okay. All right. all right. Digest that. Digest you. it. All right. So, you know, damn. I, that was energy. That doesn't, even, that Again. doesn't even need like banter to follow that. Let's just damn. Speaks for itself. Like my heart, like really? Is my heart like fluttering? Okay. 
I know what you mean. And that's what it means for Black History Month when you strike up those those old emotions right. that are so familiar. It reminds and you of why you work hard to do what you do. And why you naturally that's sit at the back true. of the bus, even though you're allowed to sit in the front. I you know, still walk back like there. Right. I always sit in the front. I never go to the back. I, you know what? I will sit in the front and I dare someone to look at me like, what I, oh my God. When they're on Michigan Avenue, you get on one, like the 146, 147, something like that. You sit in the front of the bus, and then this woman with a fur coat and high heels walks on the bus and thinks that you're going to give up her, your seat for her because her feet are hurting. No. <laughs> you might have tried it with my grandparents, but it's 2010. 2010. Rosa Parks. Don't try 2010. it. Don't Now let try me cross it. my legs so you can check out my sneakers. <laughs> so bad. For real. For real. Uh, All right. So earlier, Nicole, you had asked... Sir Isaac, can we call you Sir? Do you even like things no. like that? Okay, never mind. The ki- I call him the <laughs> king. I been can, can I call you the king of Isaacs? Uh, sure. <laughs> hey, that's that's official. You're the king of Isaacs. I love nicknames. All right, so the king of Isaacs, uh, black models. What is going on? They're fat. No, no, black people in general are fat. Black people in general are fat, and that is another issue with fashion because fashion is generally for the thin, and black people. Monique! They live in the sportswear. (laughs) Baby, baby! Because sportswear is what happens when obesity begins. Damn, you just called out 90% of America. Right. No, but black models, you know, I had a show. I don't think it's about their weight, though. And they showed up. to do with their weight. It was. (laughs) <laughs> it was a lot about weight at the show, and I and the thinner the the thinner ones that I picked were like what show was this? Eight ten, you know, it was kind of like all the largest I had from Shrink Boutique had to be used for this show, mm. and you know, and as a but I want to know as a boutique owner and you know part-time stylist is was that a challenge for you to get those sizes well i just think that there's this idea there's black there's women like a woman was going to be in my lookbook and she was saying that she was a medium and she showed up and she was not a medium she was a friend of a friend she was very beautiful i saw her face on myspace right you did not have her sizes they had no measurements and you booked her for your lookbook and she came. Shame on you, Nicole. <laughs> she was shame on Nicole. Right. These are these are life lessons. This is two years ago. Right. This, this two, uh, what a, what a difference two years make. Because I remember I had there was a time where we were trying to put costumes together for the dance one of the dance shows at Loyola, and I was like, now look, I ain't trying to give any of you guys eating disorders, but. You told him to drop it. I was like, y'all need to stop going to the Rambler room, aka the cafeteria after rehearsal, for real. Seriously. Well, you know, there she was like, I'm a medium. She showed up. She's a 12. She's a 10, 12. Right. And I think that 10, 12, some, somewhere out south, somewhere south of Roosevelt, 10, right. 12 is a medium. <laughs> is a medium. The other world. Dalton, that's a medium, perhaps. South of Roosevelt, like 10, 12 is a medium. Me- mediums are different. I'm so confused. Uh-uh. Are no. Black models, I'm unapologetic okay, about it. Are black models not supposed to be held to the same standards as other models? Yes this, or no? This is the thing. Isaac, tell us. This is what I will say. The king I of Isaac. Black models have to be just as thin, but they do, they do not. They, actually, they have to be more beautiful than white models. 
I do understand it. It's a twice or tr- or three times as good rule in all professions, it, yeah, not in just modeling. Profe- yes. You have to be mm-hmm. twice or three times as good I as wish- your job as a white person in there, right? And you will be the only one I wish- to be a token. I wish you have you- to be twice I wish as good. I knew that you were going to say that because there's a clip of Vanessa Williams being interviewed about um, Ugly Betty, and she was talking about how that when she was in school. Uh, like you know, they were asking her, you know, well, how did you get into pageant stuff like that? Blah blah blah. She was like, because my parents were like, look, you're black, which means that in order for you to be considered as normal as your white peers, you're gonna have to work three times as hard. It's true, just to be considered the normal, to be normal, normal. regular. They're not looking at you like, oh, you're extraordinary. Like, oh, you're you're you're, you're like us, right? But you're an acceptable person in my eyes. I and I experienced the same thing. I, pretty much any black college student really that graduates successfully within their department with achievements um, can tell you that they had to literally break their neck for every accomplishment that they did. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. And like with yeah. people like ask me, Quentin, you know, know, how did you get on that ballet commercial? Blah blah blah. Why why did you do the ballet commercial? Why didn't you do plays? It was like, look, they were not trying to cast a black person in any of those school plays. And it's competitive, and I was like, "Well, I either go hard or go home." But it's true. Did you tell people how you, if you don't want to share the story of how you actually got the ballet gig? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm saying like you really, really had to put yourself out there. Like, yeah, I was like, I was you know? working. I had part time job at ballets, and my boss was saying something about a commercial, and I was like, "You got to put." I had getting my degree in theater. You have to let me audition for this. She's like, "Oh, you're cute." Well, yeah, I'll, I'll tell marketing. Marketing was like, sure, you know, he can do this, blah, 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 that, or the other. Sending my photo, sending my resume. They're like, can you come on this Saturday to shoot this? And I, no, it wasn't Saturday. It was Friday. And I actually had two finals to take that day. And had I, my teacher was nice enough to let me reschedule them. And I was there pretty much from 6 a.m. in the morning to like 4 p.m. in the evening just shooting these random segments. Um, I was only in three of the 12 segments they shot, but I was every commercial that aired for like those three years. I was in I all of them. I still see that yeah. commercial. Yeah, I, it I don't see it. I don't see it. But Valley's commercial still comes like, on. Like, look at Quentin. And like the funny thing was that I could not, I did not tell any of my theater friends because I was like, I don't want them to know. They know me as like a black student. I don't want to think that I'm a, I'm a threat or anything like that. Blah, blah, blah. And those commercials aired. I didn't even tell my mom. I was like, Quentin. There's this boy on this ballet commercial that like <laughs> just like you. Like he got your nose way. and everything. <laughs> like mom, me. Why you didn't tell nobody? Don't you love it? Yeah. Did it pay well? Yeah, actually, it's the most. It's the biggest to date. Well, no, not today because I've gotten much bigger paychecks from other stuff. But uh, and I'm not a drug dealer. Uh, He's that a was the He's a that hustler. was my first big paycheck, but. I was in the mindset of like I really have to do this. My best is obviously not enough. Right. I have to go. I have to jump over this fence. I was the youngest person there. And you were front and center. And I was front and center. I was like pushing people out the way. Like I know he, the director, put you here, but I'm gonna slip and slide on over in front of you. Are we brats about it? Because you know there was a time like you know, you know, maybe someone older might think that we're being, you know unreasonable about our demands as that's the thing metropolitan black people you know they used to we can't we in the back of the bus they used to be the bus 
Exactly. You know, I mean, there, you yeah, do I mean, what get a, what older a, people that are a little resentful. I did have a theater professor who, if he saw me in the street, he'd probably try to stab me. Like, he, we did not, I did not leave Loyola on good terms. But uh, the bottom line is that you meet cool older people that understand your hustle. They understand that you're taking advantage of the opportunities that they didn't have. And then you have older people that see that you have these opportunities and you're taking them and they kind of feel like you're rubbing it in their face. I, I actually, I mean, as long as I've been in the business, I still have to assist, like, you know, veteran stylists sometimes. Okay. Just because, you know, oh well, shit, it pays, you know what I mean? So, yes, right. yes, yes. So I do it. And then, Black like, people always trying to get some change. Okay. <laughs> you have to make a living. But, you know, there are, you know, some stylists that I assist and, like, you know, they feel like I'm a threat. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like they really feel like I'm a threat. Like just because I may be dressed well, or like you know, yeah. I have my jacket uh, hanging up, and they'll see my label and be like, "Oh, really? You're wearing a Mars Jacobs jacket to a shoot?" Well, sometimes they it, it, like, like, another another sentiment <laughs> is is that you didn't you didn't work for it. That's another sentiment. Yeah, you didn't work hard enough. The older for generation it. knows how hard they work to to make those opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, happen for us, um, and many of us simply are not taking advantage of the opportunities at all and then those of us who are look at it as it, it this was this easily came to me oh i can get this i can right. get that money you know and, and, that and it's, it's kind of like wow right. where's where's the appreciation and we don't pay it forward either mm-hmm. they paid it for it obviously we're receiving mm-hmm. the opportunity right. but right. we don't pay it forward and then we disrespect yeah. them in the process right. so i can understand mm-hmm. the sentiment of an older generation like okay if it wasn't for me you wouldn't even be here doing what it is that you're doing here today. Uh, but it's I not have to add, though, that, that, that it wasn't it wasn't a black person that Said that yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I was actually, I thought originally that's what you meant, but I was going <laughs> to add on to that, that it's not just older generations. It's not just the older black population. It's mm-hmm. also older. people, Dang like boys. especially with these new yeah. different types of degrees that are coming out that were so specific to things. Because mm-hmm. at first, you just got your bachelor's degree. Like, I'm getting my master's in journalism. So you would just get your bachelor's degree in journalism, and you would just be a journalist. Now they have different types of journalism. Now, you know, the, all these newspapers are going bankrupt, so they're having to change their strategies on how yeah. they're publishing Media stuff. And and so I'm in a program that's training me how to write online, how to edit this, how to do that, blah, 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 blah. So I'm going into these job interviews, which is why I'm so lucky to be at Time Out right now. But there was, I got rejected, rejected, rejected. Oh, it's equal opportunity right. employer, a.k.a. equal opportunity interviewing. Right. You, that means they got to interview a bunch of y'all. Right. Meaning us. And, um, but that does not mean that they have to hire. And many of the publications, I've been out of journalism school for four Years, so if anyone wants a cover letter, I have it. Whatever position you right. need a cover letter for, <laughs> I am your girl because I have it. And I've been on the second and the third and the fourth interview. And uh, you know what? It's just still something we went with someone else. Right, right, right. Really, after four, right. after four interviews, I, they couldn't pinpoint what it was about me that didn't quite make it. But on one to the interview, hiring process, but. I went on. That's when it like hit me that I was like black. That when you like, go get a job, you real you get the, you get I, you no, get no, no, a wake up I call real fast when you start in, looking for work. I was exactly. in uh, the room with these two people. Like, I'm not going to say the name. I'm not going to say their names. I'm going to be. I'm not going to say the name of publication. They were like, okay, so like, tell us what your experience is. I was like. And then, and then in 2005, like, and they were like, really? What you? Oh, you did that? Like, what's that? Like, 
and then like I do this and like wait what what wait what's that? I'm like wait you are like the editor at one of Chicago's biggest publications and you don't know what that is? No. Then oh. And in my head, I'm like, I and everyone's, what? and what I hate about Chicago is everyone <laughs> is from somewhere else. Everyone's like, everyone I interview with, they're from Michigan, they're from Ohio. Damn, don't I get a chance? I'm from here. Exactly. <laughs> they're from Chicago. They're from England. The they're from France. They're from everybody else from everywhere else can get a gig here, except for if you're from Chicago. But but if, if you're Nigerian, you can get a job. If you're Nigerian, you get a job. Oh, those oh, damn Nigerians. They're, they're very good hustlers. They're very good hustlers. That's how they're able to pull that over. You know, we're an at, we're an at will employer. And so they're not being discriminatory. They just make the decisions that they want to. It's just that me company. and my girls, we from Lincoln Park, we're going to keep it solid. We, we get along. Of course. <laughs> we understand each other. Right. And it's, you you know, it's just it's, exactly it's just it's better it's a better work environment that way. Yeah. It's just so do you? I'm, oh, oh, sorry. Isaac, Go ahead. No, I, I, King of watching, um, I was watching Oprah last week or a week before, and like Nate Burkus yes. was um, showing his staff. What does that they mean? They all come from the same mold. I mean, they were all like white girls who, I mean, they were they were cute white girls. They were all they all looked like a bunch of Beckys. Did you, see, did you see that? Becky's. Oh, it's really it, funny. There was like 18 of them at this table, and like there was not one minority face. Were you watching the episode about him making them sign the, chal- the challenge? Yeah, that's what the it was. Don't text and drive. Oprah, I should just hit you in a car <laughs> and roll down the window and be like, I was texting when I did that. Even Oprah got her wake-up call when her, her friends were like, I don't even think of you as black. She went back to Mississippi mode and was like, make no mistake. <laughs> Make no mistake, I'm not only black, I'm from Mississippi. You see on his booty? <laughs> you see this booty? I will go right. there and look at this face. Look at this face. Whatever, I'm over it. Yeah, you should let com. you know. She is, you know, the make no mistake, Oprah's yeah, ghetto. But She's ghetto. <laughs> I'll, I'll scene, say it. I'll just say it. So, we got to wrap this up. So, energy. This is so yeah. weird. Energy. Oh, I thought you were calling energy. Energy. I thought you were saying, like, we need more energy. No, energy <laughs> as in I N N E R capital G. G. Yes. Um, yes. You should have her poems on the, on the blog. They, I don't know. Uh, so, what do you think that people in Chicago need to do to make the black presence in the city better? And that is a tough question. That's but a question only, for everyone in the room. Right. You only have 45 please, please seconds. Please repeat it because I got have a text. brain. Please repeat it. 45 I seconds. I, <laughs> I, would, I would say a, few, a couple of things. One, be conscious. Two, be accountable. Three, be responsible um, for our own selves, um, our own self actions, the things that we do. Um, and, and that's something that's big for me all the time. Um, and, and four, like, don't be a nigga. Ooh, she said the N word. It's true. I mean, no, 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 it's, it's no, 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 no. I, I mean, it's, it's true I for me. I'm, I'm not talking to the white. And this doesn't mean that you white the people can go out and say that. It's uncensored. <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying for me, and right. I use that term, and, and it is, it can go different ways. It can be a term of endearment or a term of bringing political consciousness. That's funny because when I first met you, you would not have any of that. <laughs> Do no, not say the N word. No, I, you, I told you not to call me nigger, but nigger. Uh, Different. I didn't. Yeah, you yeah, know different. how I speak. I'm so articulate. No, no, no. Like, oh my god, you're black. Gee, too. Stop being I, a you know, nigger. When you said to me, it would just give me flashbacks, and I just like. Feel <laughs> she'd be like, she'd be like, no, and put her hand up. I'm like, 
Gee, no, what's wrong with you? But I, I, I truly mean that in, in the most sincere way of, right. of, of political consciousness. When I right. say the term nigga, I want it to be very clear. Political nigga. consciousness. Because there's a difference and, between and nigga really, and nigga. Honestly, there, there is a big difference. And a lot of people act as if um, their character has to be simply their disposition, where they are. You know, I, this is how I am, so I'm, I'm just going to be this way. Right. And no, it, it is. Irregardless. You know, you, you're very, very intelligent. Vice versa. You know, <laughs> I know Vice a whole bunch of very, very intelligent people, right. not necessarily formally educated but intelligent people who don't necessarily use what it is they need to do to get to where they need to be and so be able to be that own empowerment self-empowerment so it's it's a tool of political consciousness hey the king of isaacs that was so eloquent i don't know how i'm gonna top that (laughs) uh 45 seconds because we're gonna wrap it up what do they need to do tell them what they need to do add to that by saying that we as black people need to give back to each other and our children and show them the way I feel like so many of us get successful and we leave and we become blind and it's like as long as we got ours we don't care mm-hmm. so I, I would really want to uh, reinforce uh, giving back to the community mm-hmm. each one teach one it takes a village <laughs> so act like it <laughs> and I want to give a shout out too you know it's always shout out to, you know <laughs> Hurry up! You got ten seconds. (laughs) I do. Kudos, like I'm gonna make this show even blacker. Hey, make the show even blacker. The show just got blacker. I know it's a lot of people that's that's listening, um, and friends, fans, and friends of mine. Um, and of the show Both of and them Yeah yeah, yeah. They both You know since they're friends They are fans You know inadvertently <laughs> Oh no Don't Whatever. you try to flip the Whatever. switch Don't try to flip the switch <laughs> Anyway uh, I just like to thank everyone For listening Tuning in Taking time with your Saturday I want to thank um, Heron to Jesus Who I actually Didn't even tell you At the time my, That's my blood brother uh, He was on the show Last Yeah time. I looked alike um, I wasn't going to say anything <laughs> and, <laughs> You look like Jesus <laughs> You look like Jesus. No, hair on his Jesus. He was on a previous podcast. Uh, Check it out. (laughs) Check it out, please. Check it out. He was on a podcast February, uh, January. 16th or 18th I think uh, so check that podcast great. out Oh Head Records um, check them out MySpace uh, backslash Oh Head Records check okay, them out too right. uh, and then check me out too if you like to you uh-huh. know, Google me right <laughs> Google me Energy baby. Energy or Glennis Green oh, dang I gave my government name I never done right they're gonna <laughs> lynch you anyway Nicole <laughs> I just said the lynch word Nicole <laughs> Yeah. Last last words. This is the yeah. This went longer than I anticipated. I think <laughs> that everyone grows when they move around, and that does not mean move around in your living room or move around in your neighborhood. Move around the world. And on that note, you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Happy Black History Month! All right. Woo! Wait, you got something to say? I just said. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>